It was 4.30 a.m. on a cold, dark morning. I was chasing a dream most said was impossible. A dream I had since I was a little boy, briefly derailed by a devastating injury. The turf was literally frozen and temperatures in the teens. There were no lights, no cameras, nobody watching. The sun was nowhere near up yet, and neither was a single sane human being. It was just me, my dream, and multiple vomit-inducing sprints. Working, alone, in the dark. In the modern world of Instagram fame and look at me success, it's tempting to see the end result and assume it just happened. What you don't see is the years of early mornings in the cold and late nights when no one was watching. It's balancing multiple jobs to pay the bills while you pursue something. Sorry. While you pursue something that only you can understand, it's saying no to the unrelenting voice in your head that's telling you to give up. This is stupid, impossible, not worth it. It's in the dark where true success happens. It's the thousands of reps that aren't posted on the internet for strangers to judge. If you want the public success, you must put in the private work. The journey looks different for everyone, but one thing remains the same. The work is done in the dark. <laughs> Sorry. No. Didn't, didn't, didn't think that was going to happen, but. Well. It, just, it takes you back, man. Yeah. You know. It, we, we both have. Um, uh, we both have a few years in common uh, that, that we struggled. We struggled in the dark. And going back and reflecting on those it's real it brings up the emotions the amount of emotional physical investment that we put into those times um i get it i, I totally get it um by the way that was well written thank you, you talked about last episode how you enjoy writing i get it i totally get it didn't know you had it in you <laughs> but i get it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just reading that, you're exactly right. It, I, I, I literally, before I opened that and we said, hey, I'm going to read something, I wrote real quick. I didn't expect that to happen. I thought I was just going to roll right through it. Yeah. But it's wild how my mind went back to that day. My mind went back to that year. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you know, we haven't really gone through my story on this podcast. But essentially, I was, you know, played college football. The goal was obviously you know, NFL football, professional football. Uh, my last year, my senior year, I ended up tearing my ACL. Uh, which it, that wasn't what prevented me ultimately. What prevented me was, that the, let's just be honest, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't a high enough or, or, or a well-sought enough out prospect to make it. And so, but. What week was it again? It was the eighth game. Eighth game, yeah. okay. So I was having a great year, probably my best year of my career. You know, I was an All-American the year before that. And then my senior year, I was, I was on an even higher trajectory. I was my statistics were all even better. So was was talking to scouts just about every single week. You know, it was it was all happening for me, right? Yeah. Like the the dream was was coming to reality. Now again, I wasn't going to be a first round pick. I'm not saying I probably wasn't going to be a draft pick. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is my hope was I was getting an opportunity. And so when that knee injury happened, immediately it's like, okay, I've got two choices here. I can pack it up, 
quit, say, you know what, this just isn't worth it. Like you weren't going to be drafted anyway. Now you're certainly not going to be drafted. Like this is a dumb dream. Go, you know, go. How many guys even make it anyway? That's what was going through my mind. Mm-hmm. Or I could be illogical, be psychotic, and think, you know what, I'm going to overcome this. And I'm going to fight back. And I'm not going to let this be the, I'm going to go out on my terms as opposed to, you know, something else dictating the end of the road for me. And that's what I chose. And I chose, I'm going to rehab this thing. And the way college football works, or the way the professional college football relationship works is after your last year, whether that's your junior year, sophomore year, senior year, whatever, whenever you're going to be draft eligible, quote unquote, for me, it was after my last year. I wasn't leaving early, (laughs) obviously. You have your pro day that next semester. And I think the last college game is, you know, December sometime or January if you make a bowl game. And your pro days, you know, it can be February. February, It can be March. March, It can be April, somewhere in there. I think ours was in March. I tore my knee in November. So I essentially had, what, November, December, January, February, March. I had five months from a devastating knee injury to get ready for the biggest day of my life in relation to my, my dream. And I remember literally six hours a day of rehab. Constantly, if I was at home, I was stretching. That's all, it consumed my mind so, so much that, that five months. That's mm-hmm. all I thought. I had this dream and this goal so big, there was nothing it was gonna, that, that I was gonna do to stop myself. It, it, I was going after that. And so it was six hours a day of rehab. It was constantly thinking. And I got myself to a point where I couldn't do a lot of the drills, you know, like a lot of the agility drills. Obviously, I'm five months removed from a major knee injury. I can't do that type stuff. But I could run the 40, and I could actually ended up catching passes and running routes. Now, I wasn't full full go. Yeah. But, and it went well. It went really well. And I ended up getting an invite by a team. Um, And this is... This is really where the, you know, I thought I'd put in the work then, but the work really started. It was the draft, you know, came and went again. I, the ego in me was like, hey, maybe there's a chance. Maybe, it's, maybe somebody calls me you know, in the seventh round or, or, or maybe a you know, free agent call or something like that. So the draft ends on a Saturday and nothing, not, not, a, not a P. I didn't have, even have an agent then. So literally yeah. teams were having to call me direct. Yeah. And nothing. And I hear, you know, all my teammates, you had three or four teammates, you know, one of them got drafted. Another two or three are getting free agent calls on Saturday. And my phone is just crickets, nothing. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is, this is devastating. You know, this is the end for me. You know, all the negative thoughts that can go in your mind. Mm-hmm. So go to sleep that night. I'm devastated. Wake up that morning and a Washington, D.C. number calls me. I'm like, that's weird. Who's this? And I pick up the phone. And at the time, it was the Washington Redskins. They said, hey, we want you to come, you know, be a part of our training camp. We think you're a hell of a player. You know, we know about the knee injury, but, you know, we're okay. We want you to, we want to invite you up and see what happens. And so this would be a tryout. They weren't signing me. This was going to be, I was, I was going to have to go up there and, yeah. and fight for it for those would three years. Would have been days. a rookie minicamp deal? Rookie minicamp. Yeah. And, and you know as well as I do, rookie minicamp, they need bodies. They need guys out there. And so every now and then, very rarely, I know this now, I didn't know this at the time, very rarely, maybe one of those guys will catch the coach's attention, yep. but it's pretty much you're just up there as a camp body yep. just so they can get through the drills. Yeah. That's what I was going to be. Yeah. Again, I didn't know this at the time, but that's what I was going to be. So again, the Sunday morning, 
they make that call, they invite me up, my dream's coming true. Like, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, I, all that five months of work, it, it's because at this point now, I'm only six months removed from ACL surgery. I think they were making a big deal about Adrian Peterson yeah. nine months yeah. after, you know, playing again. I was trying to do this at six months. Yeah. And I felt ready. I felt I was like, I'm good to go. So anyway, they call me on that Sunday, invite me up. I'm getting pumped. Their equipment guys are calling me. Hey, you know what size shorts you wear, shirt, cleats, all that good stuff. Hey, we need your flights, getting all this figured out. I was supposed to fly out that next Thursday or that, that same Thursday. So call on a Sunday, this upcoming Thursday, I was supposed to fly out. And they call me on Wednesday morning. And they say, hey, man, um, you know, no, we just talked a few days ago. No, you're excited about coming up. We've talked with our team doctors. You're still only five months out of ACL surgery. We, the last thing we want is for you to come up here and re-injure yourself. And again, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, that's not oh, your decision. Yeah. Well <laughs> that, but at the same, the, the, the charitable side of my mind was thinking, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, they're looking out for me. They weren't looking out for me. They just didn't want to, they didn't want to have to pay for a knee surgery for some gimp to come up there if I got hurt again. So anyway, devastating again, another setback. Just, uh, I, ha I, I was, and if you're not watching, I was, I was this close. I was right there. That everything I want, everything I worked for the last five months, with no fanfare, nobody watching, it was just me. Getting after it. Hardest I've ever worked in my life. And I was this close. And they just pulled it out from under me. So, again, I had another fork in the road. I'm about to get married you know, life needs to begin in a certain way. My wife's still in school. It's not like I can just, you know, not make money. We got to yeah. do something. And so, uh, so I decided, you know, so I, I could have said, you know what, I'm just gonna go get a job, I'll provide for my family and, and, you know, we're gonna be good. But I said, no, you know what, I'm gonna give it another year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work out hard. I'm gonna grind this next year. And hopefully next year when pro day comes back again, my coaches will let me do pro day again. Cause they're, you know, they're cool. It'll give me another opportunity. And so that was the date in my mind was next March, 2012. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life, you know, running faster than I've ever run, stronger than I've ever been. And so that's when I made that decision was in, what was that, March, April or May of 2011. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And so for the next year, I had to wake up super early in the morning, I don't remember, 4.35 in the morning, and go get my weight training in. That was the first thing I had to do. It was first thing in the morning I had to go weight train. After I got done with that, I had to immediately go to my job, which paid for my family because I was getting married and paid for my wife and everything like that and supported us. And it was moving furniture all day. From 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., I had to move furniture all day long. So I've already worked out, 5.30 in the morning, go to my job at 7.00 work all day long in a very physically active job, moving yeah. furniture. 5 p.m., I get off of work, go home, change, don't even see my wife, who I haven't seen all day anyway, don't see her, go home, change, head up to the fields where my old college team is practicing, and they get done practicing at 5.30, something like that, and my old quarterback would stick around after practice and throw me routes for the next hour. So from 5.30 to 6.30, I'm out there running routes, working on speed, doing all this stuff, which was, I look back now, how cool that was for him yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's like, dude, I want to go home. But he's sitting yeah. there after practice throwing me routes. Yeah. 
So anyway, 6.30 at night, you know, again, nobody's like, yeah, some people are witnessing this a little bit, but it's not like news reporters or there's no Instagram. It's not like I'm making this known that I'm out here grinding and working hard. Like it was in, solely 100%. It was 100% for me yeah. and for my wife. That was, that was all that was on my mind yep. was I'm going to make this happen for us. Yep. I'm going to make this happen for me. I'm not going out like that. And so I would get home at 6.30, 7 o'clock. My wife would have dinner ready. We would eat, hang out for a little bit. I'd go to bed. Guess what? I'm doing it all over again. There were no days off. There were no times off. There was never a time where I skipped. It was that entire year was dedicated to this dream that I had. And ultimately, it ended up, I had a couple of tryouts, didn't end up producing anything, didn't, you know, the end result wasn't what I hoped for. But what that year taught me, what that previous two years taught me coming back from that was the importance of working when nobody's watching. Yeah. Not doing it for the fanfare. Not doing it because, you know, your 10,000 Instagram followers expect you to do it. Doing it because the drive is within you. Doing it because you have a goal and a dream so big that nothing's going to stop you. And that taught me to push harder than I've ever pushed before. It taught me to pursue things that aren't rational. That was not, that is not a typical path. And you know this just as well as anybody. That's not, it's not realistic to think that that was going to work out for me. But I didn't, that, that wasn't in my mind. It, that, that was the furthest thing from my mind was I'm going to put in this work for this year because this dream is so important. Yeah. To me. Let me, let me ask you this. You said, all right, I'm motivated because I've got to provide for my wife. Um, but deeper than that, right? Cause if you're, if your sole motivation was to provide for your wife, there's no. other things you could have done. That's a, that's a, that's a nice bow on yeah. the reasoning. So, that was a very small so part of it. Let me, <laughs> let me ask I was you. A, I was a horrible husband that year, by the way. Horrible husband. <laughs> we all. Think about trust it. Trust me, I know. But this is my first year of marriage, and I see my wife 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Because I'm pursuing this dream of mine. Yeah. So, but let's talk about the dream. Because you said, oh, it's irrational, it's illogical, it's this. I would argue that it's irrational, illogical not to pursue that. If, this is my question to you, is did you just... Did you really, truly love the game of football? Loved it. I loved everything about that year. Yeah. Like, if you listen to that, you think, man, he worked really hard. It didn't feel like work. Yeah. I was so obsessed with that idea mm-hmm. that I was going to do it mm-hmm. that waking up early didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Going and working out first thing in the morning didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Having a job that was physically demanding didn't bother me. The way I looked at it was like, this is great for me. This can keep me in shape. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being physically – I'm not sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, going to the field after work when again most people they shut it down and they just watch Netflix all night. Mm-hmm. That didn't feel like work. Yeah, this is something I'm after. Yeah, because there's it's a unique journey, but it's not a hundred percent. There's a lot of guys. Trust me, and I found this out. I didn't realize it. There's a lot of guys that play college football. There's a lot of guys that play high school football that play semi-pro <laughs> ball yeah. in their city. Yeah. yeah that think that chase this dream but i and i but i would argue is the differentiator is is there's a passion for the game and the process mm-hmm. that you had that i had mm-hmm. there's there's guys that chase it because that's the way to make money yeah. that's a way to make big money that's a way to get recognized chasing that notoriety chasing that like oh if i if i play on sundays man my whole life's going to be fixed like and this is my way out um 
that's a very that's a very hard way to sustain it because if you don't love the game and love the process it's hard to love the process if you don't love the game mm-hmm. and i mean if you it, it's just one of those things that it's really got to be deep down what is the reason for that yeah um and so it's and that's my question is when when you were doing that you love the process but when you said all right it's time walk us through that like walk us through when you said okay had a couple workouts and it's just not in the cards yeah and this is something that even at 34 i struggle with a little bit now i've come to i've come to realize that everything happens Mm. like it leads you Things that I have now, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had if I'd kept trying to pursue it for whatever reason. Yeah. So I don't regret ending it. Yeah. But hearing like your story, for instance, mm-hmm. makes me think. Well, what? Maybe I should have gone and played in Canada for a little bit. The problem at the time was ego got mm-hmm. me, and you actually mentioned it. Guys hold, playing semi pro ball yeah. and holding on. I didn't want to be that. They were the, that part of my ego struck stopped me from that. Yeah. Which is by any means necessary. So although I love that, that idea of playing pro ball, it wasn't important to the extent that I was just going to literally do anything yeah. and go play in arena ball in yeah. West Texas somewhere. Yeah. I didn't want to be seen as the guy that was holding on too long. That guy. That yeah. guy. So then, it was yeah. important, and the ego kept me going, but also the ego said, hey, you're going to give this one good run, and if it doesn't work out for you, it's time to move on. Yeah. And so I had two tryouts. I had one with the Panthers and one with the Rams that year. And both of them ended up ultimately not signing me. So for me, that was the sign of, okay, I can let it go. I gave him my best run. Now, again, looking back and hearing your story, I'm like, okay, maybe I could have done more. But at the time, Mm -hmm. that was my best shot. Yeah, That was my best effort I could have given. I I left nothing on the table. I'm very proud of my effort that year. There's nothing I feel like I could have done more. Did you end up getting an agent? Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) It was kind of a weird deal. I, I ended up getting a charity case, basically, yeah. a, a, of uncle's friend who was an agent who yeah. actually had some pretty big-name guys yeah. decided to take me on just more of a cha- as a charity case. So he didn't help. Yeah. Like, he wasn't making calls. He wasn't beating but anybody's door. he didn't give you door. any guidance? Nothing. Okay. Didn't do anything. So I ended up yeah. actually firing him yeah. and going with a guy who did, who was supportive. He was a little bit hungrier. Mm-hmm. He had some quote-unquote lower level guys so he was you know trying to make a name for himself he was very helpful so i ended up working with him but not for very long he's actually the one that got me the 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 tryout with the yeah with the rams um my college coach actually got me the workout with the panthers which was cool but Mm. the rams it was this agent got me the work so now and that's another thing i was like if i had an agent the whole time who was actually working for me i wonder what that would have done yeah so i downplayed the agent thing quite a bit like oh they don't do much but in reality um so you know, without going through my whole story, the agent, the agent aspect of it for me, I had an agent right out of college and it was my special team coach's wife. Mm-hmm. And so she represented a handful of like specialists. So uh, kickers, long snappers, punters that were, that were in the NFL a little bit. Um, and ultimately and I remember multiple conversations, like her saying, like, hey, you're, you're just not good enough to play DN. You're not good enough to do anything else. You just need a long snap. And it's it was it was one of those it was it was one of those um, things that it helped me a ton. 
but it, man, it, it crushed me and it almost took my spirit yeah. because I knew that I was, um, and I, I guess maybe I was the only one that knew that. Yeah. Um, but what it did is it taught me to learn a new skill or refine another skill. I, yeah. I was, I was a backup long snapper, but, um, it exposed me to, to different things, but literally almost sucked the life out of me. When, when the person that's supposed to be advocating for you, that's supposed to be representing you tells you that they don't believe. And, and it was a, it was an uphill battle for her because this, please don't take this as sexist or anything like that, but she was an unknown woman in a man's industry. Yeah, that's tough. And so it's hard, right? Yep. She didn't have the relationship. She had relationships with a handful of special teams coaches just because of her husband. And he was a really well-known college special teams coach, really, really well-known um, and respect him a ton. But uh, she just didn't have those relationships. She did with special teams coaches, but special teams coaches don't have any influence outside of those three specialists that they have on the team. So to get workouts as a DN, she didn't have the relationships with GMs, with the right. scouting guys. Right. She just didn't. And so it was really hard. So I, myself, went to these workouts, right? You talked mm -hmm. about ego. Bro, it's hard. Yeah. It, it, like when your agent tells you you're not good enough and, <laughs> then, and then you're going and paying $200 that you don't have to go to a workout with – 1200 other dudes off the street like it's hard it's like what am i yeah. doing and that whole that guy mm -hmm. was always going through my mind yeah. always and it was like so what kept you and and if you haven't heard tyler's story i think it was episode four literally one of our first episodes that we uh -huh. did and i'm not saying this just because you're here and we're yeah. boys like that was one of my favorite episodes hearing your story so if you haven't if you're new to this we had a lot of new listeners obviously over the years go back and listen to that episode it's tyler's journey from start to finish, incredible story. But that's what I wanted to mm. dive in next is that three or four years from end of college to when you actually did make it to the NFL. Um, you guys, uh, and maybe you didn't know this, Tyler played seven years in the NFL. That's six. Six, six years in the NFL. That's literally double the average. That, that's mm. unbelievable that he played six years. In it. So this isn't some dude just, you know, lip service. Tyler knows what he's talking about when he talks about doing the work in the dark. And go back and listen to that episode. Uh, because your journey is unbelievable. But let's, let's dive into yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're, you're paying $200 yeah. to go to these workouts with 1,200 other dudes. Your own agent's telling you you're not good enough. Mm. I'm sure family, maybe not to your face, but maybe behind your back and friends, they're like, what's he doing? You know, why, why is he? Maybe not your family, but there's definitely people in the background, you know, talking about it and like, what's he doing? Yeah. What was that like for you? We talk about putting the work in the dark. That was the dark. Yeah. You just, didn't have any, you didn't have anybody in your corner, really. What no, was that like for it was you? A, it was a, other than uh, Tiffany, by the way. Who's yeah. A rock star. Rock star. Yeah. Um, it, it, like you said, it was a, you do the work in the dark, but it was a dark time. Yeah. Like emotionally, like I, every single morning waking up for the 5 a.m. workout, every single morning was an all out war in my head. Because I'm battling that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Why are you doing this? Why? I mean, this is this is worthless. Like literally, you're embarrassing yourself um, every day. I had that. I had that battle in my head, and I came from. I was a local guy. I went to a, the local college. It was a good program. Um, so I had. I was a recognizable name in the community because I'd had a pretty pretty successful college career. Um, 
And then now here I am, you know, chasing this dream, going to these workouts, but like even more humility is like, I'm literally bussing tables mm -hmm. at the sports bar across from school. So like now I've got my old teammates coming in, eating lunch and like I'm picking up the trash off of their table yeah. and I'm refilling their waters. And, um, and so I'm doing that. So what, what that period was, I went right out of college. I played in Canada. So I was up there. So let me pause you not to yeah. throw off your vibe too much, yeah. but that's funny that you had that thought. Like my college teammates are coming in. I'm literally picking up trash off their table. Yeah. When I was doing that job in furniture moving, I was kind of a, jack of all trades i was also the janitor yeah. for the company yeah i'm literally sweeping and cleaning bathrooms and i'm sitting here thinking i have a college degree yeah this is the f i had i was this close to my dream and i could not be any further away at this point i'm yeah. literally cleaning toilets right now yeah that's amazing that we both had that anyway no it, 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 it's one of the best things that happened to yeah me. oh yeah i agree and so so anyways, I, I went and played a year in Canada. I come back, and I'm still, like, I'm, I'm still high off the year in Canada. Like, yeah, this is great. I got one more year, and then I got my option year, and I can come down to the NFL, and then I get cut. And that's where the year really, that, that dark times really started. So here I am, you know, a year and a year and a half, essentially, after my last year in college. And then – you know, I just started dating Tiffany, and I'm I'm going to workouts at 5 a.m., so same deal. Then I'm going straight, and I uh, a booster owned, like, a little small boutique insurance agency. So I was selling, like, car insurance and house insurance, right? That's worse than moving furniture. <laughs> bro, tell me about it. It's, a, it's like, look, it's, it's a good job if you've been in it for 20 years, right? right? Because right. it's – but – like to go and and again talk about humility. It's like, hey, um, I'd love to quote your auto insurance policy. Like, oh, you're a dumb football player, um, <laughs> but I'll let you. I'm paying six hundred dollars a year. Um, if you can save me money, then I'll move it over there. And it's like, okay, I saved it's you five ninety nine, thirteen dollars a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, all right. So then I'm doing that. I'm chasing that. My lunch break, I would go do my speed training. So I'd I'd go work with a work with a group of guys, a bunch. And again, I'm working with like current NFL guys now, like that are in the NFL. So I'm working out with these guys. These guys are driving brand new Escalades, all these deals. And here I show up in my like 2005 Durango that like barely runs, and like, <laughs> and so then. Uh, doing that, and then I go back to insurance, and then I'd leave early there about three o'clock. I'd go to the sports bar for the the evening shift and that's where okay now they're coming in and i'm literally cleaning up tables which is fine it's a great job sure. like it it, it it was what it was but like now i'm there four or five nights a week and then come fall now i'm working at a pumpkin patch selling pumpkins <laughs> and a christmas tree lot slinging christmas trees so it was just in all the while dating tiffany and, and here's, again, back to the support. These dark times, there's no way that any of us can make, make it through those alone. Like, there's a lot of work that goes on in the dark, and there's a lot of, like, self-talk. And you've got to, as an individual, you have to do things to help progress, to, like, inch your way out of that dark place. But also, we need to recognize that you can't do it in isolation. Right. 
like it's not sustainable. So I, I luckily had Tiffany who we were dating at the time and I knew that I was going to marry her. But again, now here's the, here's the humility is like, I'm working three jobs. I'm making zero money at insurance because it just, yeah. Okay. $18 <laughs> this, the pay period, right. you know what I mean? Yep. And then it's, um, and then I'm working at a sports bar. So I'm working off tips and then I'm working on the pumpkin patch, which is like 10 bucks an hour doing that. And, and so literally I, this was, uh, July of 2009. I was just at a point where I just gone on a couple workouts, these, Mm-hmm. where dudes are running in boxer briefs and wife beaters <laughs> running forties. And I'm like, what am I doing? And, and then I come and I have no money, like not even to where I could, I could pay my car payment and my insurance on my car. And I had to borrow money from this, this woman that like I'm trying to propose to. And the only way that I could get her a ring is my boss at the insurance company loaned me $5,000. This employee that makes me nothing, I'm nothing. not having to give him money nothing for a ring. makes him nothing. <laughs> but again, I could not have done all of these things without other people. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah, there's the hard work. There's this, like, whatever. But, like, I, doing it alone, that's the crazy part. Yeah. That's the part that's that it, there's no way. And so it was just, it was a grind, man, and mm-hmm. it was a grind. Talk back about to the agents, I... Finally just had enough. And I was like, look, you're not doing anything. Like, I'm talking to you every two weeks. I'm finding these workouts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to these mm-hmm. work. I'm paying. I'm doing all these things. And you're just telling me, no, they're not interested. They're not interested. They're not interested. Well, then I get this other agent. And he's like, hey, look, you've been out for over a year. You just have to get on the field and you have to get film. Yeah. And that was the best advice that I got. It literally goes, I, look, I've seen your college tape. You're good enough. You need to get film. You've been out a year. There's no scout in America that's going to say, I'm going to go back two and a half years to look at your college tape and say, yeah, he can still play. Mm-hmm. You have to get film. I was like, all right. So we you know, started at the bottom, went to the Arena League. By the way, I had literally just gotten married that week, and I had this conversation with my agent. And we get back from our honeymoon, and I literally left two days later. Because y'all were living in Fresno at the Fresno, time. Fresno, yep. And your arena league was where? In Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Yep. So you're like, hey, babe, I know we just got yeah. married. I know we just got back from a honeymoon, about yeah. to start a life together. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to go play in See front it. of 13 people in Salt Lake City. Oh, my gosh. And so, <laughs> and we had to play on Saturdays because you can't play on Sundays there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but to your point, you know, when you said, hey, the real work started after that. And yeah. that, for me, was when the real, real work started mm-hmm. because – now I'm away from my wife. All I wanted to do is be with her. Um, she was working, um, and so obviously she didn't come. And so I'm there, and okay, we going to practice, but I'm like, this isn't my goal. Yeah. Like I'm not even thinking about arena. Like so now I'm in the gym two and a half hours a day, staying after practice, running routes, not like arena routes, but like actually doing things, mm-hmm. getting my head bashed in while I'm actually mm-hmm. during playing because arena league fullbacks and middle linebackers all they do is it's like a 10-yard sprint at each other every single play over and bloody alley for 60 minutes oh it was miserable (laughs) but like it was all part of it and and got some film and you know was really refining my skills back in pads it had been a while it had been over a year since i'd been in pads 
And so again, the extra work there and, you know, getting my protein intake from chicken breast sandwiches from Subway every single day. <laughs> um, it was, it was, nobody saw that. Like, yeah. And it was lonely and it was miserable, but that work in the dark is what allowed me all of that time when I actually went to a workout that provided an opportunity and I was in great shape. I was able to move. I was able to play linebacker and run some routes as a fullback. Mm -hmm. And that's when you talk about the work in the dark and you talked about quarterbacks. And this was the other thing too, is back when I was in Fresno is I do my speed training at lunch. Well, I'd grab the current quarterback and there's a guy named Ryan Colburn. And then my buddy, Tom Branstader, when he was in town, he would come in two quarterbacks and they'd be out there for an hour, just throwing routes mm. to me. And, and I'm like, just running dude, unbelievable. And without them, I'm, I probably caught, I probably caught hundred, 150 balls a day, at mm. least every day for a year, at least. And so now when the opportunity came for, I'm at this workout in San Diego, California for the UFL team for the Sacramento mountain lions. And the linebacker line has like 60 dudes in it. And the running back line has 15 and the running backs are gassed and they had to stop the drill so that the running backs could like get a breath. I'm like, shoot, I'll go run. I'll go run some routes. Yeah. And, I, doing it. and I went and ran like six routes back to back to back to back. And I caught all of them because of that time in the dark, in the dark when mm -hmm. I was, throwing routes with Tom Brandstater and Ryan Colburn. Yeah. And, and it just, it clicked. Like we talk about today and social media and everything that we do, we have to broadcast mm -hmm. because it's your brain. People need to know it. I'm going to document the journey. I'm going to do this. Like I get it and it's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I would say it, it's encouraged. It, if, if done in the right way, it's encouraging to other people. Because it would have been cool at the time. Now, I didn't need it, but it would have been cool at the time to be able to see some other examples of guys who were yeah. trying to do what I was trying True. to do. So, but I'm, I'm totally tracking with you, too, is unfortunately, many of the times, it's not about who can I encourage. It's yeah. about how can I bring more attention to me. Yeah, and there's, there's two trains of thought, right? Like, wait for your opportunity or create your opportunity. I'm all about creating opportunity. But there's times that that's out of your control. Mm -hmm. And I think... Nowadays, there's more ability for people to create opportunities and stuff sure. like that. You know, I, I get it. Um, but, but the problem I see, the, the problems that I have is it's less about the work in the dark and more about broadcasting what you can so it looks like you're doing yeah. the work in the dark. Yeah. But you're not actually doing the work. Right. There's so many of those people, right, that that are they're getting their you know getting their workout in and they're you know they're sweaty and they're like you know yeah because they just sprayed and they didn't get, actually get a full workout in i'll be a personal test to that have you ever tried to you know post different workout clips you i do that sometimes on a one-shot yeah. page you post different workout clips on it takes so much time yeah and it what it get what it does take away from is your actual workout. actual workout so yeah you're filming but you're also now resting six minutes in between sets because you're trying to edit the clip yeah. and you're trying to post it yeah so you're exactly right it's what you're trying to document you're not even able to really do yeah. because you're trying to document it yeah i mean it's the instagram filter it's it's what i want you to think it is and mm -hmm. what reality is yeah and, and I'm not saying that everybody is that way, but it has become more about 
filming what looks like you're doing something and less about what you are. And now when a real opportunity comes for you to perform and in, in, in our world, it was, Hey, you have to perform. Like mm -hmm. if you get the opportunity, there's no faking the work that you did or didn't no. do. If you did it, okay, now you're ready. Right. And, and luckily in my case is I had support enough to continue doing that work through those really hard times that when the opportunity came, I was ready yeah. because I had done the work. You saw that short line and you said, yeah. because I've been putting in the work, I can go to that short line and perform. And got a call back and it wasn't like, hey, here's the job, your career's set. No, it was okay, now I gotta make a decision. Next step, yeah. I gotta make a decision, it's okay, do I leave the arena team? Do I take this other deal, which if you go back and listen to, listen to the story, um, is I had a CFL team that I went to the workout a workout the night before that, and then this workout, I had to pick between them. And I, had to, I literally had to pick between taking a signing bonus, which would still to this day be the biggest signing bonus that I would have ever gotten. <laughs> but I had to take sure money, go back up to Canada, or take a risk and move to fullback full-time and try this deal and go to a workout. Mm -hmm. it, wasn't even, it wasn't even a like, hey, we're signing you. It's like, hey, come work Here's out. Chance, yeah. And so, but again, it was the work in the what, dark. What led you in that moment, though, to be like, like, what was the decision point? Oh, 100%. To turn down money, 100%, sure thing. 100% had nothing to do with me. I wanted to go to Canada. I knew it. I liked it. The D-line coach there was a coach at Fresno State right after I left, so I, I was familiar with yeah. him. Uh, I knew the technique. That would have been the comfortable choice. The very comfortable choice. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. And that happened multiple times in my career on making a decision one way or the not, one way or the other. And I would always lean towards what I knew and what was comfortable. But again, it's not, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have voices, support, encouragement, advice from outside sources because you get so trapped in this, this like these blinders and you're so focused on your mission and what it is. Okay, I've been working my tail off to keep playing professional football. Here's a professional opportunity, and they're going to pay me to do it. Let's go. As opposed to like, okay, I got to think long term. I got to mm -hmm. think journey. I got to think strategic. Okay, what's going to be best? And I didn't have that ability at that time because I was so invested in that process. So Tiffany literally was like, hey, I, I, I see this, and if this was the only opportunity we had, I, I would support it. She's like, I can't go with you. So now here's another six months that we are not going to live together. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go to Canada. And what then? You're going to go play the same position that you got cut from the team on. And she, if you know my wife, she's very real. She's very honest. <laughs> yeah. Like from a, the best place, the biggest heart. But you're going to go back there. You've got two years. You're already 26 years old. You've got two years almost 26, you got two years up there, and then what? I mean, what is the likelihood of you then coming back to the NFL where now you've got this, this league that Dante Culpepper is your quarterback, Danny Green would be your head coach. I mean, you've got a ton of NFL guys, and you get to go play a position, and she even knew this, right? Knew nothing <laughs> about football. She's like, a position that you're built for. Right. Like, she's like, you keep telling me that, hey, I'm not 6'5", I don't have... I don't have an eight foot wingspan. You're not, uh, you're not Julius, Julius Peppers, Peppers right? 
you're not him. She's like, so what is the likelihood of, of you making it as a D end? Or you can go over here and try something new and take a chance on yourself. She's, and she's on your yourself. best agent ever. Bro, <laughs> if she was my agent, I probably would still be playing. I'm not kidding you. I'm, look, I joke about it, but seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously. She, she's a bulldog. And people love her too. And it's like, yeah. I told you, yeah. Oh. She literally introduced me to my offensive coordinator at the Cowboys <laughs> when he first came because she met his wife. She met him. And she's like, hey, Scott, I wanted to introduce you to Tyler. <laughs> what? I've been here for two years. <laughs> and you're introducing me to my office. He was a new office coordinator. Yeah. But either way. Right. But it, again, the, the, the theme of this episode is you cannot fake the work in the dark. Yeah. It has to be done. Yeah. It you know, has to be done. What I love about the concept is it's literal, right? Like I, like we opened up, I yeah. was literally out there in the dark. You were literally out there in the dark when nobody else was up because it's a yeah. stupid, ungodly time. Yeah. But because the goal was so big, that's what it took. So it's literally doing the work in the dark, yeah. but it's also the concept of the dark times in your head. Yeah. And you know, all the negativity, because again, I, I shared it. You shared it. So much negativity al- along those lines, along that, that journey of you can't do this. This is insane. Yeah. This is illogical. This is impossible. So that darkness and then the darkness of I don't need anybody's approval for this. Yeah. I'm doing this because it's what needs to be done to get the job done. Yeah. That's the work in the dark. Yeah. So for somebody listening to this, what what do you hope they take away? Yeah. If, if a young kid stumbled on this, uh-huh. 13, 14, 15, if our own boys, uh-huh. you know, Luca, who's eight, eight, yeah, when he's 12, he stumbles on this episode. Yeah. What do you, what do you hope that he gets out of it? So, um, and I would even say, let's open this up to, you know, men, women, moms, yeah, dads, anybody. whoever, because here's the, here's the reality is that one, you have to believe and bet on yourself enough to chase an unrealistic, irrational goal. I think that that's really important, that you have to bet on yourself. Okay, So in order to do that, bet on yourself. But here's the thing, is the work in the dark. Whether you're, whether you're doing this work to be a professional athlete, to be a business owner, um, you know, the entrepreneur, a doctor, whatever it is. A parent that's active in your kid's life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look, the work in the dark, the, the, the preparation, those dark times, those hard times, they may not get you that goal that you set yourself for. But guess what? They're going to get you a better goal. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Because it's that, it was those times for me that shaped everything everything about my life. Those times were more crucial in my development as a man and as a human than any other time. Because look, yes, I worked hard and you know, when in, in high school and wrestling, I wrestled and I did leadership and I worked hard. But in reality, things were easy. When I look back, mm-hmm. and, the time, and they were hard at the time. When I look back, it was nice. It was, it was laid out like, okay, hey, yeah, work really hard you're playing high school football it's easy to work hard when you're the starting quarterback right yeah it's easy to work hard when you're going for a state championship in wrestling 
It's easy to work hard when you're trying to get that starting job in a Division One football program. It's easy to do those things when you've got a weight room and staff and nutritionists and all these things. It's easy to work really hard and to be the hardest worker in the room. It's really easy. But you ask The Rock, and he always talks about, like, yeah, be the hardest worker in the room. It's probably not nearly as hard for him to be the hardest worker in not the room anymore, now not, yeah, not than it was not. when he had $7 in his wallet. Yep. And totally agree. he had just come off of playing college football. So for me, and for what I want you to take is what the skills, the resiliency, um, the calluses, the self-awareness that you learn going through just that absolute grind of a time, you cannot replicate. And test yourself when it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You, you will learn more about yourself when your goals seem further away than ever, but I'm going to continue pursuing it, continue refining, continue reshaping, continue new paths and, um, and exploring new opportunities. Like that grind, when, it, when everything says that you shouldn't, that when an opportunity, when it will come, an opportunity will come, that is when it will pay off. And that will shape your day-to-day behavior. It shapes my day-to-day behavior. Not perfect by any means. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But because I can recall on those experiences, it's really not that hard to get up at five, leave my house in North Texas, drive my truck to the CrossFit gym, work really hard, and then come down to the podcast, and then go to the office, whatever it is. That stuff is all, it's not that hard. Yeah. Because you, you have you've been something this. to yeah. relate it to. You've been through this. You've done this before. And it's, so it's like, there's different challenges. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, like, be, be the hardest worker in the room when no one's in the room. Be that guy. Yeah. Because those times are going to what, are, are going to set you up for you to be able to accomplish whatever you want after that. Yeah, I mean our our answers are you you basically took the words out of my out of my mouth, which is our our results were different. You had the Hollywood ending that you were after. The reward that you wanted was ultimately achieved. For me it wasn't, but I'm exactly like you. What I learned in that 2-year process, I still hold I still apply to at, when I'm 34. And I and I joke a lot about oh Ben, you know, he's He's the hardest worker I know, and still he's probably the best athlete that I'm around right now, still to this day. But again, Ben, with with what you went through, the adversity, I know, I know there's times you're like, man, I wish I'd have just like maybe like done a little bit more, gone to Canada, even in the arena. But the reality is, man, is is God has you where you're at mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. And and the journey that you went through, I mean, what would it have looked like with your boys? Yeah. Had you gone and played? Well, now I have a perspective as I'm yeah. as I'm raising them. I yeah. now have a perspective of yeah. of true hard work. If yeah. it had always just been easier, like you said, it's really easy to work hard when you're the yeah. starting quarterback. Yeah. If it had always just been easy for me, yeah. And then when my sons start to meet challenges, I can't relate to that. Yeah. But now I can absolutely relate. Yeah. My five year old is a better athlete than I was at that age. So my assumption is if he's if he heads down the right path, he's going to have success in that in that realm, and that's okay if he doesn't. But I'm, yeah. what I'm saying is, when he does meet adversity, I'm now able to relate. Yes, 
And when he does meet challenges, challenges I'm not able for to them to actually receive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> right. we think back and like my dad, some of the things that he used to share with me, I'm like, Dad, you have no idea, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like, a paradox, right? Because yeah. you don't, and we talk about it all the time. I hope things go smoothly for whatever it is he pursues, whether it's sports, business, whatever, whatever they pursue. I hope it goes well for them. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe it, it won't go well for him, and that's okay too. Yeah. Because he's going to learn something from that. Because to your point if I had pursued it a little further this way, or if I had tried a little bit more that way, or if I'd given it a little bit longer, I don't ever meet Darren. Mm -hmm. I don't ever end up at the real estate firm we're at. We never meet, right? Mm -hmm. More than likely. There's just so many things that have happened because I decided at that moment that it, it was time. See, see how many millions of people now are blessed with this podcast <laughs> because you didn't make because it. Because I didn't make it. Because you didn't Because I'm a it. loser. <laughs> No, but, but seriously, I, I, that's what I want people to yeah. take away is the, whether it ends up the way you hope it does yeah. or not, yeah. the lessons you're going to learn from that time, yeah. you can apply to anything else that you do. Yeah. And, and you talked about our job and, I, and this is just bragging on Ben a little bit more is the work ethic that we talk about working out, being consistent. That's not, that's not exclusive to the physical stuff that you do. Ben and our company is the guy that you can rely on more than anybody. If you ask for something or you need something or something needs to get done, he's the one that's like, all right, he's got it. It's going to get done. And, and again, it's because of your journey, your preparation, the failures, the wins, but the resiliency just to get stuff done and to be able to like rely on you. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in the company no, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. And let, let's actually talk about that for just a second. I know we got to wrap this up, but you know, we talk about waking up early and going to work out and then going to work all day and then going to work out again mm -hmm. and the lessons and how that translates. Think about our first few years in real estate. I know you had to do this because we did it together. Yeah. Your first few years in real estate are a grind. Yeah. It's literally going door to door, knocking, getting doors slammed in your face, being told no. Yeah. It's, uh, you're getting told no 9.8 times out of 10. Yeah. There is not many yeses in this business. Yeah. It's thankfully the yeses you do get can ultimately end up in, you know, a, a successful career and a successful yeah. year. Yeah. But you're dealing with rejection day after day, hour after hour. This business we're in is very much about doing the work in the dark. We're out driving, you know, I'm out, over at DFW airport, knocking on companies who have big warehouse spaces by the airport. There's no, there's nothing sexy about that. No. It sucks. Yeah. I hate it. I don't like walking up the doors and being rejected. It's not a fun feeling. That's the dark though. Yeah. Mentally mm -hmm. actually, you know, getting through that. That's what we're talking about is putting the work. Now, both you and I been in real estate, you've been a little bit longer, but now we're both enjoying mm -hmm. the rewards of those three, four, five years of the dark. Yeah. And so, yes, it's easy to paint the picture with football, but it's exactly what we're turning. Now we take that lesson, mm -hmm. what we learned there, and now we can apply it in business. Yeah. And guess what? We can do that with our parenting as well. Yeah. The dark with parenting is yeah. these times whenever you yell at your kid, whenever you should be calm. That's yeah. a dark moment. Yeah. That's something you got to learn from. Mm -hmm. That's wielding that, those parenting skills in the dark, quote unquote. Yeah. So that your kids end up in a way that's much better. Yeah. Than, than they would be had they not had that guidance. That's right. So that's what I encourage people is, is whether it ends up the way you hope it does or not, the lessons you're going to learn from the dark are going to apply to everything. Yeah, that's good, man. 
And this is something, like you said, I, I hope that, hope that y'all out there are, are able to take something, apply it to your life, be able to just, hopefully just be encouraged um, that it's not for nothing. The hard work is not for nothing. Like it may seem like it. Um, that's why we talk a lot about like celebrating the small wins, trying to keep yourself encouraged, but the hard work in the dark is vital, vital to just shaping, shaping a life that you, that you can be proud of. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that our kids um, can listen to this episode in a few years and say, all right, all right. Now, you know, it's, (laughs) it's not so crazy to want to get up and go throw routes with my buddy or, Hey, do that extra schoolwork or that extra science project or, hey, go to voice lessons or whatever it is, right, that they're into at that time. But hopefully this is an encouragement because, look, we're not the richest people. We're not the most successful people. We're not – we don't have it figured – we don't have it all figured out. But we have life experiences that we feel um, can, can encourage other people. Mm-hmm. We, went through, we went through some hard times, um, I think, relative – we still had a really great life. Well, we're better off for those yeah. times. But uh, but here's the deal. Like, nobody's unique. We're not superstars. We're not anything. Like, everybody has challenges. Everybody has things that they go through. Our just encouragement is keep keep pushing through and believe in yourself. Yep. Love it. Uh, we're on day two right now of the One Shot Brain Challenge. Hashtag One Shot Brain Challenge. Come on. Uh, yesterday, we were successful. Day one. Mm-hmm. So going for day two here. If you don't know what that's about, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Yep. Uh, we're doing something every single day the rest of the month that's going to improve our cognitive and brain health. Yep. And again, go listen to the context. It's, only, it's a short two-week deal, yeah, two just, week to deal. Get, just to get this started. But hopefully this is something that you and I and a handful of y'all yep. or hopefully a lot of you yep. um, start to implement and just make it regular, make it a part of your, yep. your daily yep. routine. So part of the challenge is take a picture, you know, the writing with pen and paper is one of them. Take a picture of that, that, you know, you sitting at your desk or whatever, post it on your stories, hashtag one shot brain challenge. And uh, that's what we're doing the rest of the month. And there's some significant money on the line between Tyler and I, but hopefully like Tyler said, hopefully you guys are joining as well. And, yeah. and, and it's improved. The point of it is to improve, right? The yeah. point of it is to, to better ourselves. Yep. And so hopefully you guys are enjoying that, but yeah, go uh, follow us at one dot shot dot pod to, to follow on that journey. So Man, that was fun. Uh, again, I, apologies for <laughs> the beginning. I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, it's it's like we said, like you, you take yourself back. Mm-hmm. The dark, although it shaped us very well, it was dark at yeah. the time. Yeah. And it's just interesting how 12 years later, it's exactly. still, I still feel it. Hopefully you know? people that heard that um, realize how important this is. Yeah. How important this is to both of us. Um, and... <laughs> I've always, I've always struggled with emotions. I've always struggled like showing those things as I've matured. And those are the things, um, the transparency, the realness, um, so that someone else can take that. And hopefully they felt the authenticity of how important that was to you, how hard that time was, but also hopefully y'all caught the joy on the backside of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Living a life that if you were to look at that now, you'd be like, Bro, I yeah. made it. Yeah. Oh, you know? for sure. So, for sure. Um, yeah, from scrubbing toilets to where I'm now, this yeah. is this is what I dreamed about. Yep. Now the vocation is <laughs> different, 
The now job got, is different. Now we got that dopamine effect. <laughs> yeah. The, the job, the, the, the details are different. Yeah. But the, the, the result of where I am today to where I hoped I was yeah. at the time is, yeah. is the same. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for following along and listening to us. Hopefully uh, this, this was beneficial. If it was, please share it. Leave us a review. If you've already left a review, go leave another one on the, uh, the podcast app that you're listening to uh, that helps us reach more people and grow this thing. So appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Good luck to your boys this weekend. You too. Fly football. Yeah. This is <laughs> week. Intense. This is the first official week. This last week was a scrimmage. Okay. So okay. this is it. This yeah. is for, this, hey, we get no scrimmages, man. We're, we're in now. it. <laughs> we're in it. We're 0-1, <laughs> oh, but we're oh, in you it. you guys did lose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's all good. So yeah. anyway, appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week.